This is Patient Access Pulse, a podcast brought to you by Pelotas. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Patient Access Pulse. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the show. Today, we're talking about navigating the healthcare labor shortage in patient access. And joining me today are two experts who are going to help us break down this topic. First, we have Stephen Huddleston, the CEO and president of Pelotas. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Morning. Glad to be here. Excellent, excellent. Happy to have you. And we're also joined today by Bo Beasley, the Vice President of Revenue Cycle at Methodist Labonner Healthcare. Bo, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, guys, as we talk about a labor shortage here in healthcare, there's a lot of different avenues we could go to, to start this conversation. But I think maybe a good place for us to start is just a simple how question. How did we get here? How are we, you know, in this spot where we're experiencing a labor shortage? Bo, you want to kick us off? Sure. Yeah, I think I think COVID has really kind of put us in this. Um, position, or at least it's amplified it, so to speak. You know, we're patient access is, is a difficult job. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is it is a challenging job that that has is ever increasing in regulations and requirements. And having patient access staff then go through the COVID environment, I think, really put a spotlight on that job. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made people, I think, kind of reevaluate career choices. Um, I, I think people had an opportunity. Um, during that time to you know, think, is this the right position for me, right? Um, and when you couple that with with other service industries that we know of um, have increased wages um, consistently or, or having sign-on bonuses um, consistently, um, it has really made a, a difference in, I think, people's choices when it comes to that. Um, and not to mention just the amount of jobs that have went remote um, and patient access is one of the areas that has yet to go remote. Right. Um, we may be on the path to that in some regards, um, but it, it really gave a decision point for people in their career choice, I think, um, looking outside. So um, I think that's how we get there. And then we got to figure out how to navigate it, right? Where, where do we go from here? Like you mentioned, kind of to a certain extent, everybody had openings at a certain point once sure. things started to reopen. And so if you were considering doing something else or looking somewhere else, there were opportunities just about everywhere. And so you could say, oh, there's hospitality or there's these other particular avenues, which meant that there were opportunities all over the place for anybody looking to to potentially find different opportunities. Yeah, even in in manufacturing, um, in retail, you know, I I come from a very small town um, and we have a couple of factories in there. And I know people who who are leaving city jobs and going to the factories because they're paying two, three, four, five dollars more an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is meaningful um, to people. That, that, that is meaningful for families. And part of that is those are revenue producing uh, positions, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, especially in manufacturing. Uh, they had no choice during this pandemic um, but to increase wages, right? To, to keep people there working. So, um, it, it, it is filtered down to us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think we have certainly felt that, and we see it in just the number of candidates that we have apply now. Um, it has been a real, real challenge and struggle um, to get the volumes of candidates to apply for our positions now. And, and, and I think um, those other industries now, where they haven't been, are kind of in direct competition with healthcare. That's really interesting. So, Stephen, you obviously have a lot of conversations with people like Bo or people in positions like Bo. What are you hearing from them in terms of the, the specific challenges that they are facing when it comes to labor shortages? 
Yeah, it's, it's a, a great question. And uh, this probably is a topic I have two or three times a week with providers like Bo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just to echo some of the points, I think, uh, I think one of the things I hear pretty consistently is the complexity of the patient access role mm-hmm. uh, has been magnified over the last 10, 15 years. So as technology has increased, as EMRs have become more complex as uh, payers have uh, increased their requirements on providers to financially clear for services. Uh, The expectations of that role have uh, increased exponentially and the compensation and the reward structure hasn't kept pace with it. And it's creating, like Bo mentioned, big challenges where, you know, if I'm an individual making a choice and the field's field's pretty level from hospitality fast food manufacturing, I'm probably going to elect to go uh, that route versus a very high pressure role with high technical uh, requirements. And uh, uh, as COVID has, has uh, really put pressure, uh, increased, uh, increased the level of stress that uh, hospitals are facing, I think we're seeing that manifest in what's happening today. Mm. So that's kind of the the, the problem that yeah. we're facing, right? So, Bo, how are you specifically um, at Labonner? How are you handling this particular issue? What what are you doing to, to navigate and tackle some of these challenges? Sure, um, it, it's a challenge. I mean, in in, in the short term, right? In, in the midst of of the problem um, um, and the crisis, um, we simply roll our sleeves up, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and that's the way that we have to get through the days, right? We have to look. For efficiencies where we can, um, but a lot of it comes down just to good old-fashioned hard work. At the same time, on the side, we have to start thinking differently in the future, um, and, and, and we have to start thinking of ways that we can reduce our physical footprint in the patient access arena, and, and that's where we have to partner with people like Stephen and the like that, that do have software solutions that we can leverage, you know, Healthcare, as you know, is ripe with data. Um, there, there's so much data out there that we can access, we can utilize. Um, there, obviously, you know, we have RPA um, that, that's in play now with automation. And, and while patient access does still have a physical element to it mm-hmm. in some regards, um, there are certainly areas within there that, that we can leverage Stephen and team, right, for a software solution while at the same time empower our patients right. to take more more control of their patient access experience. And part of it is giving them the tools and equipment to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's the direction we're heading as an industry. One, I think our patients want to be, um, uh, they want to go that route. Um, but two, it's very good as a provider because it is kind of a security measure so that we do have the the options and availability just for times like this in a crisis where if we do come up short on labor, I mean, we are experiencing turnover and and we don't have the candidates applying that we normally did to keep somebody in that seat. We have, you know, plan B that's already there and running. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the direction I think we have, we, we have to take when it comes to labor shortage and just kind of navigating the patient access experience. I mean, I think we were on that route before 
COVID. Um, because, I mean, the consumers kind of drive um, where we head as an industry. Um, COVID was just a great example of where we could, you could certainly leverage that um, and navigate this pandemic in a much more efficient way. You know, it's it's been a common theme of people that that I've talked to and, and things that I've read about the pandemic is that a lot of these trends were already in motion no, before. No doubt. But then you hit that inflection point and it was like we just hit the fast forward button and sped it all up into several months rather than it happening across several years. So, Stephen, you heard Bo talk a little bit about how Pelotas is helping um, with the different operations that, that they're experiencing and helping with some of the struggles and challenges that they're facing. So how is Pelotas helping its clients navigate some of these challenges when it comes to, to the labor shortage, when it comes to uh, patient access? Yeah, and we've, uh, great question. We've, uh, we've obviously been seeing the uh, trend uh, with consumerism and healthcare for roughly 10 to 15 years. Yeah. And the way we've been thinking about it is, you know, to Bo's point, uh, how do we automate uh, manual repetitive tasks, number one? Mm-hmm. But number two is, and we were talking about this the other day, Bo, is how do we take a page from some of the other industries who are already well down the consumerism path? And I like to, I like to say uh, from time to time that healthcare typically follows other industries or lags by about 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a great example is uh, we look at what the airlines and retail are doing now. And, you know, I, for one, like to use technology versus human interaction. And so when I go get on an airplane, I want to use my smartphone. I don't want to go to wait in line at the ticket counter. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've taken that page with our new virtual experience platform that we call virtual intake management and essentially are giving patients that self-service option. Uh, We've said uh, we've We've effectively said, how do we turn the patient into their own uh, registrar? So how do they navigate scheduling? How do they go through the financial clearance? So rather than show up at the hospital, have to present their insurance card, their driver's license, get the dreaded clipboard to fill out all the forms. How do we automate that so that, you know, if I'm a patient at 11 o'clock at night, I want to schedule an appointment at Methodist, then I can go on my smartphone and do that. And then I can complete all my forms, uh, documents, uh, understand what my patient liability is so Mm -hmm. that when I show up at the hospital, guess what? I don't go to the waiting room. I navigate directly to the point of care. That's a really, I think, great way of putting it. Just talking about the the patient's journey at that point. And, you know, but one of the things that that stands out to me just about this time is that I, I think you know, there was the way that everyone was doing things and then COVID came along and, and we realized, oh, you know what, maybe this way of doing things hasn't always been the best sure. or uh, maybe we just need more flexible, adaptable solutions. And I think that either consciously or subconsciously, everyone is looking for solutions that can flex because we don't really know what's coming next. Right. Will it be another wave of COVID? Are we completely out of this one? Or will the next thing look completely different but still be challenging? So everyone wants solutions that can flex and kind of move as things change and as consumer behavior changes. Is that something that's important to you when looking for solutions and technology providers is just to find solutions that can adapt and flex as your needs change? Oh, absolutely. It's critical. Um, and, and, and I'll highlight one thing too. Um, a lot of technology allows you to flex. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the company doesn't. 
that provides it. <laughs> so it's critical that you partner with somebody who, who is aligned um, with your mission, with your values, with your outcomes, um, that, that does offer flexibility to customize your patient process um, and tailor it to you. And I think that's one thing that's so critical that, um, you know, there, there, are, there are great products out there um, but a lot of it is you get a box and you have to stay in the box. Yep. And um, again, that's one of, of things that, that you have to keep in mind when you partner with somebody is not just the product, but the people behind the product and, and their willingness to ensure that they are aligned with your outcomes and your goals and your mission. Mm. Stephen, you want to say anything in response to what Bo was talking about? No, I, I think uh, I think as we uh, begin to navigate this challenge, it's really important to uh, uh, to keep in mind that one size fits all uh, doesn't work in uh, patient experience. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, in you know Bose market, metro urban market, patient demographics are going to be very different than a rural community market. Uh, and uh, I think I think software providers need to uh, uh, be willing to. Uh, bend and understand that uh, paradigm and partner, as Bo says, based on what the challenge of that specific hospital or system is versus trying to approach it as peanut butter, uh, one size fits all. Hmm. That's a really good way of putting it, I think. And, and so, Bo, as you look forward to the to the future and, and um, utilizing and implementing technology solutions and helping with with the workflow, utilizing you know automation and, and technology and things along those lines, what excites you about the potential for um, how things could evolve and change as as maybe the face of healthcare kind of changes a little bit and patient access changes as we move into the future? What what excites you personally? I guess just the possibilities that's mm-hmm. out there um, and maybe what we don't know yet. I mean, you just look at, at our society <laughs> in general, right? I mean, just over the past 20 years, where we have come regarding technology and, and, and what once was thought not to be um, mm-hmm. possible is absolutely a reality now. Um, so, so thinking about the next 10 years, um, you know, even the next five years, um, everybody's just kind of sitting on the edge of their seat and saying, what is out there? You know, there's a lot of, of creativity in the market. There's a lot of incredibly smart people that, that are working day in, day out, day out um, to, to promote these ideas, mm-hmm. right, and, and see what works. And then the day, we're going to throw a bunch of stuff up on the wall and, and, and see what sticks, but um, it is. It's, it's exciting. Um, obviously, there's some anxiousness that goes along <laughs> with that. Sure. You know, even when you, you talk, you know, automation, mm-hmm. right? It, it gets people a little nervous in some regards. But I think, you know, we all understand sitting up here, and I would say especially in the healthcare world, it, it's, it's, it's far too complex mm-hmm. um, in, in many areas. Um, and it requires way too much critical thinking um, for everything to be fully automated. But... Um, Super excited. You know, it's a good time and it's good that, that we know that there are people out there in the market in the vendor space um, that um, are committed um, to doing the right thing and to partnering with, with healthcare providers and again to, to share those goals and their, those missions. And um, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm just really looking forward to it. Yeah. Stephen, you at the intersection of an industry that has been 
pretty well disrupted over the last two years sure. or so um, with the opportunity to kind of remake it and, and reshape what the future looks like. What's that like for you? We uh, tend to believe the next uh, five to 10 years, to Bo's point, are going to probably be the most disruptive uh, time in the industry in terms of we know consumerism is here to stay. Mm -hmm. Consumer expectations have finally uh, caught up in healthcare, And uh, I think the level of innovation, the opportunity to really transform this business uh, or this more healthcare market, uh, we're going to see significant opportunity. I think one of the things that, you know, we, uh, we tend to stay focused on is we're very focused on patient experience mm -hmm. uh, and we're not trying to boil the ocean. And I think that's, uh, I think that's going to be really important uh, to make the meaningful change that uh, is going to happen in the next five to 10 years. Mm. Bill, I want to kick it over to you just for any final thoughts, anything you want to leave our listeners and viewers with here today, um, you know, either just as a summary or anything maybe that we haven't touched on yet that you think is important to, to bring up? Yeah, I think we touched on a lot today. Um, and um, it, it's a really important conversation that people need to be having out there with their leaders, their C-suites, um, with their patients, right? It's important yes. that we understand what our patients want. Um, and Stephen touched on that, the consumerism part of it. We've been forced in this place, right? Mm -hmm. We really have to listen to our patients. Um, and part of it is kind of this shift in, in patient responsibility that they're now financially responsible for. It's, it's a huge, it, it, it's uh, the insurances have shifted so much to, to the patient. Um, it, it really impacts um, the margins uh, of, a, of a provider. And it's so important that we tailor our processes to the patients. And um, I think there's industries that are doing it very well um, that has really set, set out a, a roadmap for healthcare. And um, it's just going to take people like Stephen um, to figure it out, right? And, yeah. and how, how do we get healthcare um, on the same same path as, as retail, as, as the airlines, you know, as Amazon, that's what we want, right? They have set the bar incredibly high, mm -hmm. um, but I think they've done a lot of the work for us, right? That we can kind of mirror. So super excited, um, but it's important. It's important that people act act sooner than later on this um, and, and really need to start um, vetting your vendors, vetting your resources, get a plan together um, because, you know, labor shortages, I do not think are... are are a, um, a short-term problem we're dealing with. Yeah. So um, it, it's time to get active, get busy, and start figuring this out. Long-term solutions for long-term sure. issues. Absolutely. 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 Uh, Stephen, final thoughts? Anything you want to leave our, our, our viewers with here today? I'll just uh, add to what Bo said. I think, uh, and I, I've uh, talked to a couple providers uh, in addition to Bo who believe that ultimately uh, the uh, patient financial experience is going to be equally important as the clinical uh, outcomes and patients are going to demand a, uh, a digital experience and more optionality like they get at Target, like they get with the airlines and uh, it'll be ground zero for uh, a provider to remain competitive by getting a strategy in place. Excellent, excellent stuff from our guests today, Stephen Huddleston and Bo Beasley. Guys, thank you so much for, for joining us here on this episode of Patient Access Pulse and uh, and sharing your insights as it relates to uh, to the labor shortage in patient access. It's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Enjoyed Tyler. It.
Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of Patient Access Pulse from Pelotas. For more, make sure to stay tuned. We'll be back soon with more thought leadership, more insights from across the world of healthcare for you very shortly. But for this episode, from my expert guest, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.